630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. Now, Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Oilers and Eskimos. 630 Chad. Messages to 63630. Rowdy Yates says, I took my 13-year-old to Toronto to see three Blue Jays games. His favorite team is the Red Sox. First of all, Rowdy Yates, I hope you work on that. Took him to the Hockey Hall of Fame. Summary, no disrespect to the builders who are inducted there, but I am PO'd Claire Drake isn't there. How do we start a movement to make this happen? Claire Drake should be there, and a lot of people have lobbied to get him in and it has not happened and that's uh, that's a joke. I don't know what else to tell you Rowdy Yates. He should be in there. Yellowhead Drinker, an old friend of the show we haven't heard from in a little while says, I watch the NHL playoffs and then think it's not like four guys the Oilers need. It's maybe closer to 13. Well, they need guys. I don't know if it's possible to get 13. I don't know if they need 13. They might need 13 to win the Stanley Cup. Um, I will say this. You watch some of the other teams play, high-end teams, and it looks like they're playing a different game than the Oilers play most of the time. Certainly the the pace and the decision-making and the commitment and the detail. I I would agree with Yellowhead Drinker along those lines. You know, but I, I get thinking about stuff. You know, Matthew, as you know, sometimes I just sit and think. Yes, you do. Uh... I'm quite a I'm quite a deep thinker actually, um, but uh, you know I asked Gert Browning about it, and it just more and more it seems to me you know that mental edge that separates the athletes at the highest level, you know dealing with adversity, staying committed, staying patient, believing that what you're doing is is the right thing to do. And I mean I asked Kurt, you know in figure skating you have your routine you get to pick everything that you do. Right, you're in total control. In hockey, you're not in total control. You got your line mates, you got the officials, you got the other team, right? You got the puck bouncing around. Not in figure skating. You control everything. You control absolutely everything. You can practice as much as you want. You can train however you want. You pick your. He said, you know, right down to your clothes, right? So who's gonna win on the big days? A lot of times, the the person who's just mentally stronger. And now he said on his two Olympics, which were disappointments in his career, the first time he was coming off an injury, but the next time he just wasn't as into it. He was going to retire, he got talked into going, and he didn't have the drive. And I think that that mental edge, if that's what you want to call it, has been lacking on the Oilers this season, You know, has been lacking on the Oilers in the past. They're not a team that's been pushed into important games, right? They haven't committed to the details. They haven't o- often handled adversity well. Can they get it with the current group of players? Do the current group of players have it and they're just not just not showing it? I don't know. 
But I mean, you talk to any any high caliber athlete, if they talk about themselves or somebody else, they often talk about how strong they were mentally. Now, it's not just that. So much goes into being successful, but that's one thing that keeps coming up more and more. And you know, you know, you know, one guy that I think really has it, Matthew Panashik. Go ahead. In the in this city, in this city, he's a prominent player on a team in this city. Who do you think it is? Oh, I'd say Mike Riley. Mike Riley. I asked when I interviewed Mike Riley during the season. I asked him about his ability to bounce back from mistakes and deal with bad things that happen in games. Two games this year that he played, specifically the overtime win at home against BC and the win in Winnipeg where they won on the last play when Sean White made the 53-yard field goal. Mike Riley was great at the end of those games. He also did everything in his power for about the first 58 minutes to give those games away. Didn't play well, but he pulled it out in the end. And I asked him about handling adversity, and he, like, he, it, the question almost confused him. I might as well have asked him what it was like to be a Jamaican woman in the 1800s. It just didn't compute. It, it was just like, well, of course I would deal with it. I've always dealt with it. For some people, it's not that easy. Interesting little tidbit there about what goes into being a great athlete and winning in crunch time. No Canadian team will win the Stanley Cup. Hasn't happened since 1993. What does that mean for you sitting in front of the tube? Are you still going to do it? We'll break it down with Chris Zelkovich when we get back inside sports on 630 Chet. Your home for breaking news and expert opinion. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chet. All right. Lightning 1 3 2 over the Red Wings. Penguins leading the Rangers 2 zip early in the third. Crosby got a goal. Blackhawks and Blues late in the first, no score. What you you're watching that one? What happened there, Matthew? Yeah, Chicago had a five on three and could not capitalize on it. Okay, Blue Jays won seven two over the Yankees. The Raptors won their final game of the season, one hundred three ninety six in Brooklyn. Still to come, Golden State trying to set the wins single season wins record home to Memphis, formerly the Vancouver Grizzlies. If anybody remembers that. Sleep country. <laughs> His name's Big Country. Sleep country. <laughs> and uh, the Lakers, home to the Jazz. Kobe's final game. He says he's taken time to enjoy his final season. All year long I have been, you know, because I'm not playing for a championship. And I'm pretty black and white where I stand that sort of stuff. So I've allowed myself to, to take the blinders off and enjoy the fans, enjoy the crowd. You know, laugh a little bit more. That's Kobe Bryant, ready to go tonight. All right, so, uh, yeah, no Canadian teams in the NHL playoffs. I've said that like 400 times this week, and you've been thinking about it. What does that mean for uh, Rogers? They got the big TV deal. What does that mean for how the average Canadian Joe or Jane is going to spend his springtime? To answer those questions, sports media blogger with Yahoo, Chris Zelkovich. Chris, welcome back to the show. How are you doing? Very good, Reed. Thanks very much for having me. Yeah, good to catch up with you. It's always a, a fun, fun topic when uh, when you delve into some of the ratings and the trends that we like to talk about. The NHL playoffs are 
underway. I will start with a simple question for you, Chris. Who's watching? <laughs> who's Okay, well, who's watching um, our hardcore hockey fans? So that uh, million, million and a half people in the country who love everything to do with hockey, uh, they're, they're, they're watching and they're going to watch right through to uh, the end of August when the playoffs, no, sorry, yeah, <laughs> June when the playoffs end. <laughs> um, so that, you know, that's who's watching. Um, who's not watching are all those other people, and there may be at least as many of them and more, who would be all excited because the Edmonton Oilers or the Montreal Canadiens or the Vancouver Canucks or the Toronto Maple Leafs are in the playoffs, and unfortunately they are going to be not watching hockey this, this spring. So that so that's where the ratings really get affected then. I mean, you're telling me there's a, a fairly, I would still think, substantial group of Canadians, being that it's hockey in Canada, that would watch whatever, Tampa Bay and the New York Rangers at 3 in the morning just because there's a game. But all those <laughs> yeah. people who, you know, want the team in their market to do well or uh, their friend's cousin plays for the Toronto Maple Leafs, all those people are probably out. Yep, all the uh, the sort of uh, ones who follow the trends, the ones who uh, the bandwagon jumpers who get all excited, who don't watch, don't watch hockey all year, uh, and and get excited in the playoffs because the local team is is you know in uh, you know in, on uh, in the big dance, uh, they're not they're not coming this year. So, you know, you look I look back a year, the first round, um, some of the the uh, playoff series that involved Canadian teams were drawing upwards of three to four million viewers. Um, and then as soon as the Canadian teams got knocked out, uh, the ratings went down by about 50%. They went down to, you know, about two million. Okay. So those, that's, that's what's going to happen this year. You're not going to see any, any huge numbers, okay. um, so, which is, yeah. So that's interesting. So, it is, so, so you can round it off to about a, a nice, even, even 50 then for the impact of there being no Canadian teams. That's interesting. Yeah. Now, is what what's what's Rogers going to do? Or is this something they're going to have to make up to advertisers? Or, or, or is there going to be a lack of advertisers for them in the playoffs? What What's the impact for the company that shelled out all this money for this long-term deal? Well, it's, it's uh, quite substantial. I've uh, been told that, that uh, it, will, it will cost them at least $10 million uh, just in advertising revenue. Uh, there's a lot of other things involved that uh, could end up costing them too, but just in, in pure straight ad revenue, uh, they're going to you know, be $10 million uh, less than what they expected. Uh, and and what the advertisers are there. I mean, people want to advertise. This is sort of like a prime advertising season for cars and beer and, and vacations and that kind of thing. But they're not going to be paying the rates that, that Rogers wants them to pay because they know the numbers aren't going to be good. And secondly... A lot of those ads that you're going to see during the playoffs will actually be free because they've had to do what's called make goods because they didn't meet their targets during the season. So, so they're giving away a lot of free ad space uh, during the playoffs, too, which is, you know, this is where they make their money. I mean, they, my, I've always been told that uh, the regular season does not produce a profit. In fact, it, it often produces uh, pretty, pretty substantial losses when it comes to hockey because the production costs and the rights costs are so high. But you make it all back in the playoffs. Well, unfortunately, uh, Rogers is not going to make it back this year. It's uh, little hope of that. Chris, I, I know there were similar stories throughout the season, 
because obviously it became apparent as the year went on. I mean, there wasn't even really a Canadian team that was in the race down to the final couple of weeks. That 50% trend you were talking about, was that already apparent in in the regular season or or were they hit even harder in the regular season? Um, No, it it started probably right after Christmas. And I think that's kind of the time when it looked like it was going to be highly unlikely that anybody from, you know, north of the 49th was going to make the playoffs. So the numbers started to drop. Uh, last Saturday night, for example, uh, Hockey Night in Canada's uh, primetime game was you know 1.2 million. That that is as low as I've ever seen a Saturday night hockey game during a regular season. I mean that's uh, that's that's pretty uh, that's pretty lame, and it's been dropping ever since. Well, basically ever since January. So I you know I, Rogers has been prepared for this um, for a couple of months now, and. Uh, but, you know, being prepared for it is not going to do them any good because there's just no way that they're going to get the numbers that they were dreaming of when they shelled out that $5 billion a couple of years ago. Chris Zelkovich, sports media blogger, joining us here on Inside Sports, talking about the impact on uh, television audiences for there being no Canadian teams in the playoffs. Okay, so you mentioned the hardcores that are going to watch anything. Um, yeah. But the casual fan is 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 not. Now, are they going to be watching... Um, instead, are they going to watch what's on the Food Network or the Big Bang Theory, or are they going to jump on another sports bandwagon? I mean, could the Toronto Blue Jays benefit from this, especially coming off the season they just had? Yeah, I mean, I think they already are. I mean, I don't know how many of those people will, will give up the Big Bang Theory or the Food Network for, for baseball, but it, it is the hot thing in sports in this country right now. Uh Friday night, uh, the home opener, the Blue Jays did uh, 1.8 million viewers on Sportsnet. I mean, that's, uh, I believe, about 40% higher than than what they did last year, and it was uh, an all-time record. Uh, And they've just been been drawing huge audiences ever since last uh, August. So, yeah, I think some of those people um, uh, who normally would be watching the hockey playoffs are migrating over to, uh, to baseball. And I think uh, on a lesser scale, uh, you're going to see some migration to the Toronto Raptors once the uh, playoffs start because um, it, it doesn't have a, a huge following. But but uh, last year, for example, in the, in their short playoff run, the Raptors uh, averaged somewhere around uh, 450, 500,000 viewers per game. So that will further bite into the hockey uh, um, numbers as well, especially if the Raptors uh, go into the second round. Let me ask you this, Chris. For this deal to ultimately work for Rodgers, do Canadian teams need to be into the playoffs or do the Toronto Maple Leafs need to be into the playoffs? What if the, the other six teams had made it and the Leafs still hadn't been, been in? Would, would this still be a money-losing spring for Rodgers? Um, no, I, I think I think if enough other Canadian teams had made it in, uh, you, they, they probably would have done okay. Uh, the Leafs are their ultimate dream, right? I mean, that's the team that that, that creates the huge, the, the most interest in the country. I mean, mainly because Southern Ontario has, the, you know, is the biggest population center in the country. Uh, plus, there is that Leaf Nation that exists from coast to coast. So, but but I don't think anybody would go into a deal um, counting on the Leafs making the playoffs because <laughs> that hasn't happened in some time. But yeah, no, you get any. I mean, last year uh, Montreal Ottawa series, uh, they they were upwards of four million a game towards the end. So no, you can you can draw big audiences uh, without the Leafs, um, and c- certainly um, 
if a Canadian team went deep into the playoffs, I think Rogers would probably be, uh, you know, breaking even, maybe even making some money. All right. Well, it is uh, it is interesting, obviously. And well, I was going to say the deal didn't work out the way Rogers wanted. This this spring didn't work out the way any Canadian hockey fan no. ultimately wanted. No. So, and, and you know, and while while it's hard to feel sorry for Rogers, uh, especially if you send cable bill their, your cable bills to them every month, um, I, you know, you got to look at a situation and say, you know, they made that big an investment, and the first time in 46 years there are no Canadian teams in the playoffs. <laughs> I mean. The, the timing for them is about as horrible as it can get. Yeah, for sure. Well, thanks for that perspective, Chris. It's always great for you to lend your expertise to this topic, and uh, I'm one of those guys I'll probably be watching uh, no, no matter what, but uh, we'll yeah. see what everybody else does. Thanks for your time. Good. Okay, thank you, Reed. That is Chris Zelkovich. Good to catch up with him, sports media blogger, keeping an eye on the rating trends. So there you have it, about probably uh, viewership cut in half because no Canadian teams in the playoffs you know i'm guessing most of you are interested because if you're listening to a sports show you're probably a a fairly big sports fan but you know maybe uh ask some of the more casual fans in your family or in your office and see if they're going to tune in or if they're just going to tune out because there's no canadian team to pull for pittsburgh up 3-1 on the rangers the rangers got a power play goal with a two-man advantage but then the penguins came back with a short-handed goal to lead that one three one. Inside sports on 6.30, Ched, the uh, Oilers farm team, the Bakersfield Condors, they will not make the playoffs. This is your Action Furnace Oilers report. Action Furnace, home of the fixed right or its free guarantee. Visit actionfurnace.ca. They did win last night 6-3 over Stockton. Darnell Nurse from a couple people I talked to played a really good game. Jordan Osterley had a goal. Solid night for Laurent Brassois. Quiet night for Griffin Reinhardt. The Bentley Generals. 2-0 at the Allen Cup in Manitoba. They came from behind to beat Il Deschain 4-3 this afternoon. 2-0 in pool play. They get a bye into the semifinal on Friday against a to-be-determined opponent. All right, we're coming up to the 8.30 news. Big Oilers fan, big-time actor as well. He's been on the Nick. I believe he might be currently filming a movie. We'll talk to him about that. Eric Johnson next on Inside Sports on 6.30 Chet. Hey, this is Jordan Everly from your Edmonton Oilers. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Chad. Reed Wilkins. Uh, we got a guest coming up here in the final half hour who has asked for your involvement in the show, um, and and we'll get to that as we move along. He would like to know your favorite sports movie, and uh, I'm going to throw this out there: a, a a movie about a sports event or figure that has not been made. So don't say Babe Ruth. Something else, and we'll talk about that as uh, as we move along through the half hour. But I'm pleased to welcome Edmonton native movie and television actor Eric Johnson back to the show. Eric, thanks for making time for Old Wilkie. How are you doing? I'm doing great. 
I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Yeah, good to talk to you again. Now, um, i, I got to catch up a bit on your career here before we dive into the sports stuff because, as people know if they heard you before, you're a huge Oilers fan and follow them wherever your career has, has taken you. Um, are you currently uh, filming this uh, Fifty Shades movie, or what's going on with this? <laughs> yes, I'm, I'm currently in the, in the middle of uh, filming the sequels for uh, Fifty Shades of Grey. So it's Fifty Shades Darker, Fifty Shades Freed. We're shooting those in in Vancouver right now for the next couple months. Are they, so are they shooting them back-to-back? Yeah, shooting at the same time, getting them, at, getting them done. Or at the same time. Wow, okay. Now, uh, I have not read the the books that these films are based oh, on. Oh, don't be shy, Reed. It's fine. You can tell everybody. <laughs> but I, you didn't let me finish the, the sentence. <laughs> I have not read the books these films are, are based on in the last two weeks. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> but no, I understand that the Fifty Shades of Grey series... Um, the stories are quite uh, titillating, shall we say. How, how, is, how is it putting that content on, on the screen? Well, you know, uh, you know, for myself and my involvement, uh, the, 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 the titillating stuff is not, doesn't quite involve me in the same way. So uh, I'm, play, I'm playing the bad guy here. So, um, <laughs> you know, I, I'm a little removed from, from most of that. So, but, you know, hey, it's, uh, it's good, sexy fun. All right, so you haven't had any scenes where you're whatever handcuffed or there's a feather not, duster or. I'll tell you this: I, I I did have a scene where I was handcuffed, so oh. uh, I'll leave that up to your imagination, though. Oh, geez. Well, now I'm really excited to see the film. Uh, am I are, am I allowed to ask? Uh, well, I know I'm allowed to ask, but but I, but the process is probably sometimes a uh, an arduous one. How how did you get cast in this? Oh, it's just like it's just like anything else. It's. Uh, you know, you throw your name in the hat, and sometimes you come up a winner. It's uh, I feel very fortunate. I got a great team I work with, and uh, and you know the best thing is I lived in Vancouver for years, so I get to go home and and uh, you know to another home and and see a bunch of friendly faces and work with some uh, lovely crew that I've known for a lot of, a lot of my career. So it's it's bonus for me. I, again, I'm I, I think I say this every time I talk to you. I feel very fortunate, but it's true. I do. Uh, I'm just I'm a lucky guy here. Yeah, well, you you are for sure. You've always you've you're very grateful for the career that you you've been able to pursue. I, now, I just I'm just I'm just curious because I mean, you know, when I was especially when I was working in TV, trying to be a sports anchor, you're updating your demo tape all the time. You're getting better, so you get to change stuff. Do you like? Will you go somewhere and audition, or do p- have people seen enough of you in other shows and movies that they're like, yeah, we know this guy's right for the role? What what did you have to do? Well, I'm not quite at that uh, Matt Damon, George Clooney level, so no, I still got to do the grunt work and get in there. So uh, it's uh, you know, I, again, I, I audition when I'm in when I'm in the right city. Or I, uh, the amazing thing is technology has gotten a lot easier. So I, I I literally record it with my phone and send it in. It's it's gotten a lot. Technology has made my job a lot uh, friendlier. I did one the other day, and I did it newscaster style. I didn't even put on proper pants. So it was, uh, it was, it's, it's, it's getting easier. I'm getting lazy in my old age here. Well, uh, not proper pants. You sound like a radio guy. <laughs> so, uh, all right. So, Fifty Shades Darker, Fifty Shades Freed. So, one's out next year and one's out in eighteen. That's what they're going to do. Yeah, Valentine's Day next year and Valentine's Day the year after. Oh wow, that is. So that, book your dates now, that, gentlemen. That's super sexy. All right. Uh, yeah. Uh, okay, I gotta ask you uh, the Nick, and you know, and, and I, re- I regrettably, as as you know, I'm not caught up on the Nick. 
Um, but you, you've done two seasons on this great television show, uh, you know, starring alongside Clive Owen and a great cast. Are you at liberty to disclose whether or not you will be involved in the third season of The Nick? If there, if there... Uh, you know, you know, since we since we talked last, I got no news for you. Oh my goodness! I, you know, it's, I, I know they're trying to do something, and and uh, we'll see what that is. But I'm going to be the last to know. You'll probably be sending me an update saying like, uh, did you read the newspaper? So. It's, uh, I'll, I'll be last to know, I'm sure. Well, Steven Soderbergh will probably just text me or tweet me. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> he'll call in. Do he'll he'll call in after the Oilers Heritage Classic in October. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> All right, actor Eric Johnson joining us inside Sports on six thirty. Chet. Well, uh, great news, obviously, about the, the 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 filming that you're doing. Now, tell me a little bit about because you texted me about this one night. What can you tell me about this Oilers bar in Vancouver? Oh, this place is amazing, um, and I wish I would have known about it when I lived in Vancouver, but it's called the Black Frog, and uh, it, it, I think it gets its namesake from the Black Dog that Edmontonians will know well on White Ave, and, uh, and a couple guys from Edmonton opened up a bar in Vancouver, and they play all the Oiler games, and, uh, you know, with the with the play-by-play on and the whole thing, and, and on the weekends, they, they wheel out temporary bleachers to fit everybody in there in front of their big TV. So it's a, it's a great environment. You go in there and uh, you're surrounded by your, your fellow Oiler fans. I mean, if I, had, if I had known about that place when I was in Vancouver, it would have been, uh, there would have been like 80 games a year I would have been there. Did you, so did you get to go to a few this year at least? I did. I did. I, I went to, uh, I think I snuck in there a few too many times in a row. It was, <laughs> it was great. It was a little hard not to take advantage of that. Uh, but they, they pour a good pint and, and it's a great atmosphere for uh, for a guy who's had to spend a lot of time watching games by himself, or uh, you know, watching it on the one TV in the corner out here in Toronto, or or uh, you know, sometimes in New York or LA. Yeah, for sure. Uh, what, what was uh, what was it like watching games in that environment? Uh, I mean, in another city where, well, I guess the team you're cheering for is doing poorly, but the 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 team in the city you're in is also doing poorly. How'd that affect the vibe? <laughs> it's uh, it, it's interesting. It's interesting. I remember I was I was at a I was at a, uh, a pub here in Toronto, and uh, this had been years ago, and uh, and Oilers were playing the Leafs, and Taylor Hall scores a hat trick. I think they beat the Leafs five nothing. And this is you know this is in the hope will never die. The Oilers. This is it. This is the turnaround season. And uh, and I was cheering, <laughs> and and then I realized there was a few folks looking at me, and I, I said, you know, I felt bad for them, I felt bad for their team, and they said, no, no, don't feel bad, you got a good team, and, and I realized we're all in the same boat, and uh, just want our teams to be a heck of a lot better. It's it's a sad country this uh, this April, isn't it? But uh, I, I think we have a lot more in common with Leafs fans than, we, than I think we'd like to admit. <laughs> You know, I've made, I've made that point. It never goes over well, but uh, no, yeah, there's a lot of suffering. What uh, now? What was your? Because I know when I know, I know you were back for a little bit over Christmas, uh, and and you, as you've mentioned, you get to watch whenever you can. And and I know you listen to Rob and I after games whenever you can, because that's how you and I first met through through uh, through Twitter. What what was your experience this season? I you know I I, I think. The, the team is better, but maybe it's just an indication of how bad they were last year, that they improved by seven wins but still dropped in the standings. Did you get a little more help out of this year, or are you just equally as frustrated? Yeah, I th- you know, I think there was some big things that we saw. You didn't see those so many of those easy tap-in, backdoor plays uh, 
that we'd seen in years. They, they were in the games. They, they were they were competing hard. Um, you know, there was a lot more fight in them. I think I think a big thing for the team, and everybody said it, it's like the team couldn't get healthy what the team was capable of, uh, which was really disappointing. I think for – I can imagine, you know, not only for us as fans, but as, you know, for the organization, for the players. You know, you, I think they knew this wasn't going to be a perfect season, but then when you get handcuffed like that, it, it gets even more challenging. So it, it was interesting, like, after the All-Star break, and you kind of you saw the wind come out of the sails a bit. And, uh, and you can kind of understand it's, it's got to be – it's got to be hard. It's it's a hard game. You're fighting hard, and 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 it's you know you're not playing for anything again. And that's got to be really hard for some of those guys who are in their fifth and sixth year on the team. And it's it's going to be you know early golf season for them. Are are you resigned to the fact, Eric, that maybe one of the guys who we thought was going to be an Oiler for a long time is is going to go this summer? You know what? I don't, I don't know. Uh, you know, the thing that surprised me at the deadline was those uh, those Pouliot to Anaheim rumors. Um, and, you know, that would have would have been somebody that, I, you know, I wouldn't necessarily pegged as, as going out. But, um, it, you know, I don't, I don't necessarily think it has to happen in order to improve the defense. I know the New York Islanders were able to keep their forwards and, and, and really improve their defense and go after teams that are in, in – uh, salary cap trouble to to you know to take some of their um, you know pending RFAs or or you know a, a higher priced um, mature player and uh, so you know those opportunities might exist and you know it'd be sad to see somebody like Jordan Everly go I mean he's he's a he's a fantastic player you know he still potted 25 goals this year and you know I think everybody remembers what he did in the World Juniors when games were on the line it'd be a shame to see. This team gets to the playoffs because I think he's he's the kind of player in the playoffs that would would be scoring those big goals for the team. So I, I don't know. I, I, I you know I'd, I'd hate to, to to break it up and and but at the same time as if it's necessary to improve the team, you do it. Like if you can get if you if you can get Eric Carlson, you trade you trade whoever you can get to get him. Right. So yeah, Eric Johnson joining us on Inside Sports. What are you on Twitter at Eric Johnson seventy nine? Eric with a C. I think so. Maybe Eric J. Johnson, yeah. Eric, okay. So you can check Eric out there. It's a very actorly picture, I guess, for lack of a better term. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, sorry, Eric J. Johnson, 79. All right, so we'll do a little bit of the interactive part. And, and if you want to jump on the phone line with Eric, you can as well, 780-496-0063. You can text 63630 if you want to uh, throw it out there, your favorite sports movie to Eric, or ask him which, uh, which movie... Uh, uh, if you have a sports figure that you think should have their own movie or TV show that has not had one, I'll start off with Brian. He says, uh, hey, Her- hey, Eric, Happy Gilmore was pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> Oilers fans loving their golf movies. I get it. It's great. Yeah. That's one of those, uh, you know, when a sports movie is that comedic, I'm kind of like, is it actually a sports movie? Like, it's kind of, you know, it involves a sport, but it's kind of just Adam Sandler doing his thing. You know what? But out of the whole Adam Sandler uh, movie catalog, that's that's got to be up there as, as as the. I mean, the fight with Bob Barker at the end that kind of puts it over the top. Uh, what else did was Sandler did? Was it the Water Boy, the football one he did? He did. He that's true. He's got two sports movies, and then I think he did the Longest Yard too. I think he's done two two uh, two football movies. Yes, uh, I, I've not seen the Longest Yard, but yeah, I think he was in the remake of that. I can't remember yeah. who else was in it. Was Chris Rock in that? Possibly. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, 
Uh, well, we got to vote here for Cool Runnings. <laughs> cool Runnings, man. John Candy. That's classic. Classic John Candy. Was uh, were, were you, uh, you know, I'm a little older than you. Are you old enough to remember Candy in his prime doing SCTV and all that stuff? Not quite the SCTV years, but like his movies, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, and Uncle Buck, and, and, and all that. He was so funny. He, you know, there was, he, uh, he had something that nobody else had. He's, uh, I think he's thoroughly missed because he, he was, uh, he was quite the, quite the talent that for this country. Did you, I mean, we talked, the first time we had you on the show, we talked about kind of your, your we gave your actor origin story when you were, right. bit, when you were bitten by the radioactive acting spider. <laughs> but, uh, but, uh, it's so true. It's like, so true. you started really young. Did you ever have a preference between comedic stuff or dramatic stuff, or did you never really care? Well, you know, I'd love to do more comedy. Uh, people just keep hiring me as, as a jerk for their show, so it's, it's uh, <laughs> You got to ride the hot hand, you know. It's like you, it's like if you're a fourth liner, you can't reinvent yourself as a top line sniper. So, if, uh, if people keep wanting to hire me as the bad guy, I'm just I'm, I'm just going to play my role, you know. Uh, well, I, like I said, I got I, I I'm not caught up on the Nick, but I wouldn't consider you a bad guy on the Nick. I would consider you just, just, maybe just a little wait. snotty, you know. Yeah, just just wait. You you, <laughs> you wouldn't be saying that at the end of the season too. Okay. In fact, I, I'm pretty sure if you finished second season, we wouldn't be having this phone call, right? Oh wow. Okay. Well, this summer, I'm this off season, I'm catching up on all my, uh, all my, all my, all my watching for sure. Uh, we got another couple other texts here. We'll just finish up. Uh, Rocky still hard to beat as the spets, uh, best sports movie of all time. I think that's a fair vote. Uh, yeah, fair vote. Somebody else saying, "Remember the Titans." That is from Coach Al. That was a pretty good one too. That's pretty good. I mean, I'm I'm gonna throw I'm gonna throw mine in here right now. I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with Rudy. Kind of hard not to go with Rudy. Rooting for the underdog. Notre Dame. Good football movie. And uh, then of course, you know, as a Canadian boy, you gotta love Slapshot. Well, Slapshot, of course, a, a a Canadian favorite. Great opening scene, of course. Yeah. <laughs> Paul Newman. Paul Newman on skates. Paul Newman. Yeah, and he was he was not a young man when he made that movie, was he? <laughs> Like was, he pulled it off. It was great. Uh, Troy says, "All right, this is a good one from Troy." He says, "I always loved the replacements with Keanu Reeves and Gene Hackman, and I loved the kicker, which I think was former Sports Illustrated swimsuit model Kathy Ireland. Not that I would remember something like that." Here, <laughs> that, no, the, Troy's suggestion for a movie is a good one. Maybe he should be a producer. I would love to see a movie on the behind-the-scenes story of the Broad Street Bullies. You know what? Yeah, that'd be that would be uh, that'd be a good one. Running with those boys, Derek Sanderson, that whole crew, scaring oh, the oh. Soviets off the ice. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, any That's... given Sunday, George says, uh, wasn't that the one where the quarterback lost his eye? Not the quarterback. Somebody got their eye ripped out in the championship game. Oh maybe yeah, but Al Pacino that had that speech. great speech. Remember that speech? Al Pacino being Al Pacino, that was great. Uh, Pacino, one of your favorites? He's he's great. He's great. I actually saw Strombo. Strombo did an interview with him here in Toronto at the Toronto Film Festival. It was just Strombo interviewing him on stage for like an hour, and it was fascinating. You know, there's this guy who was from New York that never thought he was going to amount to anything, and now he's like this 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 you know pantheon of 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 film legend, and he's still doing it. So it's uh, it's pretty awesome. All right. Well, Eric, thanks for making time for us. Are you back uh, on set tomorrow? 
Uh, no, next week. Next week. I'm in Toronto right now, okay. and I'll be flying back to Vancouver next week. All right. Well, thanks for making time for me. I, I know you travel a lot, and you're and you're a busy young man. So it's always great to have you on Inside Sports. And of course, let me know when you're back in E-Town, man. Sure. Sounds great. Thanks for having me, Reed. That is Eric Johnson, Edmonton-born actor. Great story to get where he has. Uh, uh, to the heights that he has achieved. And yes, he is currently filming, well, back at it next week, Fifty Shades Darker and Fifty Shades Freed, part of the Fifty Shades of Grey series. Oh, by the way, before we go to break, we got this in the file, Matthew. That's what living is! The six inches in front of your face! Now, I can't make you do it! You gotta look at the guy next to you. Look into his eyes! Now, I you're going to see a guy who will go that inch with you. Yeah. You're going to see a guy who will sacrifice himself for this team because he knows when it comes down to it, you're going to do the same for him. That's the team, gentlemen. And either we heal now as a team or we will die as individuals. You're listening to 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. All right, well, Jeff Zadkoff gets the win for the Pittsburgh Penguins. They knock off the New York Rangers 5-2 tonight. The Lightning edged the Red Wings 3-2. Kalorn got the game winner. Blackhawks and Blues still no score in the second period. You've been watching that one, Matthew, and you're saying the uh, Hawks are dominating? Oh, yeah. Shots are 18-8 for the Hawks so far. All right. Basketball tonight. The Warriors trying to set the single-season wins record, leading the Grizzlies 18-14 halfway through the first quarter. Kobe's last game at Staples Center, an early 6-2 lead for the Jazz. They're about five, uh, five minutes in. The Raptors won tonight. 103-96 final regular season game. The Raptors will play Indiana in the playoffs. The Blue Jays, four runs in the eighth inning. They beat the Yankees 7-2. The Bentley Generals winning at the Allen Cup 4-3 over Il Deshane. They finish first in their three-team pool. They get a bye into the semifinals coming up on Friday. All right. Did we do everything we had to do, Matthew? More or less? We did. All it's right. fun having Kurt Browning on the show, by the way, just to catch up with him. I enjoy talking to him, and you know, it's it's always interesting getting the perspective of athletes looking back. Because sometimes when they're caught up in it, you know, and then they look back and they're like, "Wow, I didn't really." He and he kind of said at the beginning that he sees what the athletes now can accomplish, and he was like, "Yeah, I was that good in my prime. I was one of these people that I think are amazing. I was that." And he and he wasn't saying it in a cocky way, but he's just saying like, "Yeah, I achieved a lot of things that." Uh, you know, that, don't, that only a few people get to achieve. So that was pretty cool. New segment we got, Legends of the Game here on Inside Sports. Tomorrow, we'll talk about CFL rule changes. Former CFL head coach and director of officiating Tom Higgins will be on the show. Oh, this is going to be fun. couple guys from Oilers Nation. They go by the names Bag Milk and Jean Shorts. They're going to be in studio. That sounds like it's going to be trouble. Thanks to our guests tonight. You heard from Eric Johnson, Chris Zelkovich, Kurt Browning, Dan Murphy, Jim Ralph. Thanks to all of you who texted and called. The studio producer this evening 
has been the indefatigable. That's what I was trying to say. You don't get tired. That's what I was trying to say. Matthew Panashik. I thought I was going to spit that out. The producer of the show is Dave Campbell, the executive producer, Sid Smith. Uh, Tom texting in, I thought Creed was a great movie. I have not seen Creed yet. Heard it's very good, though. Have you seen it? I'll have to check it out nope. this summer on VHS. Bob Stoffer has Oilers now from noon to 2 tomorrow. I'm back from 6 to 9. It'll be great to talk to you again. I look forward to it. Into the great wide open we go. She had a guitar and she taught him some chords. The sky was the limit. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.